Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you are local, you will dial 702-650-5588. Again, you will dial 702-650-5588 to join in our discussion today. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you, and that number is 1-800-366-8883. Again, 800 800- 366-8883. We are being streamed live over KKVV's website. Hello and God bless. I just wave to you. And their web address is www.kkvv.com. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, we direct you to go to our website, Save the Lost at All Costs, and our website is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any broadcasts, just look for our weekly broadcast archives, click on to it, select the date that you'd like to listen. The gospel is always free on our watch. We encourage you to visit, hang out, stay a while. We have wonderful resources there and tell somebody else about it. If you have an Apple device, we are being archived on iTunes for free as well. I'm telling you, the gospel is free on our watch. If you have a cell phone, and most of us do, I really encourage you to lock in this number, 605-313-0630. I'm going to say it again, 605-313-0630. It is a number that you can call on your cell phone to listen to KKVV anytime you like. Matter of fact, you can listen to Save the Loss at All Costs right now by dialing that number. It only works in the United States I'm telling you, it is truly one of the best cell phone contacts that you will have. Lock it in and share the contact with someone else. We'd like to thank Minister Susan M. Parham from Baltimore, Maryland. She called in last week and she blessed you tremendously. I was out on location. I had another event that I had to minister And so subsequently, I appreciate her standing in the gap and that she brought a wonderful message about honor. And honor is very important, but the most important honor that you give is to God. So we appreciate you, Minister Susan. We love you. God bless you. And we send our blessings and greetings to your entire family, but especially to your wonderful son, Deacon Samuel. God bless you, Deacon, and I know you helped your mom out a lot. And he recently had a birthday, so happy belated birthday too, Deacon. Now, what we're going to be talking about today is seasons. 
So that is our topic for today, seasons. And we're going to go to the book of Ecclesiastes, and we will be looking there. But before I do that, I found something, and I wanted to share it with you. I don't know if you're aware of it. Uh, it's been out for, you know, I would have to say maybe a couple of years, but some of you are familiar with it and some of you aren't, but I'd like to encourage you, get you an opportunity to think about this, have a discussion, but it's the story of the 100 slash zero principle. What is the most effective way to create and sustain great relationships with others? It's the 100 slash zero principle. You take full responsibility, the 100, and for the relationship, expecting nothing, the zero, in return. Implementing the 100-0 principle is not natural for most of us. It takes real commitment to the relationship and a good dose of self-discipline to think, act, and give 100%. The 100-0 principle applies to those people in your life where the relationships are too important to react automatically or judgmentally. Each of us must determine the relationships to which this principle should apply. For most of it, excuse me, for most of us, it applies to work associates, customers, suppliers, family, and friends. Step one. Determine what you can do to make the relationship work. Then do it. Demonstrate respect and kindness to the other person, whether he or she deserves it or not. Step two, do not expect anything in return. Zero, zip, nada. Step three, do not allow anything the other person says or does no matter how annoying, to affect you. In other words, don't take the bait. Step four, be persistent with your graciousness and kindness. Often we give up too soon, especially when others don't respond in kind. Remember to expect nothing in return. At times, usually few, the relationship can remain challenging even toxic, despite your 100% commitment and self-discipline. When this occurs, you need to avoid being the knower and shift to being the learner. Avoid knower statements, thoughts like, that won't work, I'm right, you're wrong, I know it, and you don't, I'll teach you, that's just the way it is, I need to tell you what I know, etc. Instead, Use learner statements, thoughts like, let me find out what is going on and try to understand the situation. I could be wrong. I wonder if there is anything of value here. I wonder if, etc. In other words, as a learner, be curious. Principle paradox. This may strike you as strange, but here's the paradox. When you take authentic responsibility for a relationship, more often than not, the other person quickly chooses to take responsibility as well. Consequently, 
the 100 slash zero relationship quickly transforms into something approaching 100 slash 100. When that occurs, true breakthroughs happen for the individuals involved, their teams, their organization, and their families. Challenging, very interesting. Taking 100% responsibility in a relationship and expecting zero in return. And by modeling that, it says that it is a good possibility that the relationship can become 100-100. Something to think about, men and women of God. Again, we're talking about seasons today. And we are in the book of Ecclesiastes. And we are going to go to chapter 1. And we're going to read some verses there. And uh, I have a wonderful Bible commentary. And I'd like to give you some information here that I think will help you in listening and understanding and discerning what God is saying specifically to you in a season called now. It says the author Solomon, the king over Israel, referred to himself as the preacher, meaning one who gathers or assembles. He was both assembling people to hear a message and gathering wise sayings, Proverbs. Solomon, one person in the Bible who had everything, wisdom, power, riches, honor, reputation, God's favor, is the one who discussed the ultimate emptiness of all that this world has to offer. His purpose in this book is to make people realize that their confidence in their own efforts, abilities, and righteousness was meaningless. Instead, their commitment to God is the only reason for living. Wow. Imagine that. Only what you do for God will last. I heard that from my pastor. That would be Joseph E. Terry, Jr., And he said it often. And he was very emphatic about it. Only what you do for Christ will last. Only what you do for God will last. So let's look at the scriptures and let's see what God is saying to us again in a season called now. I'm starting in chapter one and I will begin with verse one. And the word of God says this. Also, I'm in the New King James Version. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Verse 2, vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. 3, what profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? 4, One generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. Five, the sun also rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it arose. Six, 
the wind goes towards the south and turns around to the north. The wind whirls about continually and comes again on its circuit. 7. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place from which the rivers come, there they return again. 8. All things full of labor. Man cannot express it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. 9. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. 10. Is there anything of which it may be said? See, this is new. It has already been in ancient times before us. 11. There is no remembrance of former things. Nor will there be any remembrance of things that are to come. By those who will come after. 12. I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. 13. And I set my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven. This burdensome task God has given to the sons of man by which they may be exercised. 14. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed all is vanity and grasping for the wind. 15. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be numbered. 16. I communed with my heart, saying, Look, I have attained greatness and have gained more wisdom than all who were before me in Jerusalem. My heart has understood great wisdom and knowledge. 17. And I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceived that this also is grasping for the wind. 18. For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. That is the first chapter in the book of Ecclesiastes. Let's look at verse 18 again. It says, For in much wisdom is much grief. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. It's a very profound statement. Now Solomon was the king. He was David's son. And there was no man that had more than Solomon. So, he had access to everything. And what was truly amazing is that he had the favor of God. And he desired 
wisdom. And wisdom is the beginning of knowing who God is. So can you imagine when he says, for in much wisdom is much grief. There are a lot of things happening, men and women of God. And if you notice, there are those things and forces that are in place that don't want you to rely on God. They often try to interject confusion even among the saints people who have a relationship with God who say that the Lord Jesus Christ is who they believe in and is who they follow but if you notice there's a lot of confusion amongst the saints and their outside forces who are questioning God's authenticity, his word. They say things like, and it's just beyond belief when you know God for yourself that you would even listen to such foolery. They question his commandments, his precepts, his wisdom, his righteousness, his truth. Mere men, mortal men and women have the audacity to question the authenticity Of God Almighty, the creator of all anything living in heaven and in earth, created it all. And they're mere men and women questioning that. And I'm like, when did they come to this earth? And by whose authority are they sent? And what is it that they're questioning? And they're all going to die if they haven't already died. So this so-called superior knowledge that they perpetrate, that they have, it hasn't increased their life one second. It hasn't stopped them from having diseases. It hasn't got them any riches that they can take with them when they die. So, 
Solomon is aware of that. And the grief that he speaks of is that those who are acting and standing on such a false premise, it's not going to be good for them. Because every man and woman will stand before their creator and they will have to give an account for what they did or did not do. See, when you go to the cemetery, you look on any grave, you'll usually see someone's sunrise and sunset. And I said sunset and sunrise. So sunrise would be when they were born and their sunset would be when they died. But there's something in between that and it's called a dash. And usually it's very uniform. When you go to cemeteries, you know, a mausoleum, whether they're in a crypt, whether uh, they're in the ground, the dash is pretty uniform. It's pretty much the same size. It's a standard size that they use in uh, memorializing people and the time they were on earth. But that dash represents your life. And what did you do with your life? Because, again, you will stand before your creator. It's seasons that we're talking about today. And are you going to stand before your creator and tell him that you were given authority to question who he is, what he does, his word, his miracles, signs, and wonders, his ability to make you a living soul. So, you think that you would have much to say? Because, let, let, let me say this to you. There's somebody that knows 1% more than you. So that would mean that they would have superior knowledge. And they're probably a mere mortal man or a woman. It could even be a boy or a girl. But no man or woman or any created being has more knowledge than the creator. Because that would make you a creator of the creator. That's not so. The creation never knows more than the creator. So if you are a created being, you do not know more than God. And that's a fact. So I want to share with you some of the commentary here based on the verses that we went over. And so we can have a more deeper discussion. Solomon has a purpose for writing skeptically and pessimistically. 
near the end of his life, looking back on everything he had done, he saw the most of it seemed meaningless. A common belief was that good people prospered and the wicked suffered. But that hadn't been proven true in Solomon's experience. Solomon wrote this book after he had tried everything and achieved much only to find that nothing apart from God made him happy. He wanted his readers to avoid the same simplest pursuits. If we try to find meaning in our accomplishments rather than in God, we will never be satisfied and everything we pursue will become meaningless. Vanity means futility or meaninglessness. Solomon's kingdom, Israel, was in its golden age. But Solomon wanted the people to understand that success and prosperity don't last long. All human accomplishments will one day disappear. We must keep this in mind in order to live wisely. If we don't, we will become either proud and self-sufficient when we succeed or sorely disappointed when we fail. Solomon's goal was to show that earthly possessions and accomplishments are ultimately meaningless. Only the pursuit of God brings real satisfaction. We should honor God in all we say, think, and do. Many people feel restless and dissatisfied. They wonder, number one, if I am in God's will, why am I so tired and unfulfilled? Two, what is the meaning of life? Three, when I look back on it all, will I be happy with my accomplishments? Four, why do I feel burnt out, disillusioned, dry? Five, what is to become of me? Solomon tests our faith, challenging us to find true and lasting meaning in God alone. As you take a hard look at your life, as Solomon did his you will see how important serving God is over all other options. Perhaps God is asking you to rethink your purpose and direction in life, just as Solomon did in Ecclesiastes. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be numbered. Refers to the ultimate perplexity and confusion that comes to us because of all the unanswered questions in life. Solomon, writing about his own life, discovered that neither his accomplishment let me say that again. Solomon, writing about his own life, discovered that neither his accomplishments nor his wisdom could make him truly happy. True wisdom is found in God. And true happiness comes from pleasing him. The more you understand, the greater your pain and difficulty. For example, the more you know, the more imperfection you see around you. And the more you observe, the more evil becomes evident. 
As you set out with Solomon to find the meaning of life, you might be ready to feel more, think more, question more, hurt more, and do more. Are you ready to pay the price for wisdom? Solomon highlights two kinds of wisdom in this book of Ecclesiastes. One, human knowledge, reasoning, or philosophy. And two, the wisdom that comes from God. In these verses, Solomon is talking about human knowledge. While human knowledge ignores God, it only highlights our problem because it can't provide answers without God's eternal perspective and solution. See, God is not motivated by what man is motivated by. Man is motivated by competition. See, when you have competition, you have no need for community or unity because it's always about the have and the have-nots. It's always about the win or the loss. People don't remember losers. They remember winners. But nobody uh, questions how somebody won because if they really question how somebody won, they will find along the way that some people have cheated. They will do anything to allegedly win. And how is that winning when you're cheating? Or revisionists, they have their own version of what happened. See, there's something that's called history, and it would be God's history, you know, capital H-I-S, history, okay? And then you have people's version of history. And if you talk to many people, they will have uh, several different versions of the same event. And why is that? Because they have different perspectives, They have different biases. And there's some people who believe that they are entitled. That they should be served. They should be paid attention to. You know, anything that they say, uh, people should just be falling all over themselves. And why is that? Because they said it? Because they have an insatiable desire for attention. It doesn't matter if it's negative or positive. They just want attention. They want to control everything that's going on. They come into a room, they suck all the air out the room. Because it's always about them. And something is wrong with that. And you have people who are Selfish. And they don't care who they hurt. They don't care who doesn't have it. It's about me. And if you don't have it, oh well. You're weak. And they forgot that the Bible clearly says it's better to give than it is to receive. And why would God say that if it was not so? Where would we be if he did not give his only begotten son? As a living sacrifice. And for his blood to be shed. To pay for all sin of anyone that's ever committed it. For all mankind. Whether they believe or not. See that's the beautiful thing. Where would we be without that? 
And there are people constantly misinterpreting the scriptures on purpose to keep people weak, to keep them confused, to keep them fighting, to keep them blind. Because it benefits them to be able to control people, to get them to do what they want them to do. Why is that? Because it's profitable. So that's why Solomon makes this statement. Because the more that you come into the full revelation of who God Almighty is, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, you will be able to see evil for real. You will have discernment. Things will be alive in you that you never even knew could come alive. You will commune with the universe. You will talk to God about things that you don't talk to mere human beings about. You will have special revelation. You will have divine revelation. There will always be a burning off of that that's not pleasing to God. You will go through seasons of perfection and people will look at you and think that you've done something. You've fallen out of favor with God somehow. That is not the case. See, as long as God is perfecting you, you're in a wonderful place. See, because he says it He will perform it, he will perfect it, and he will put his name on it. You need not worry. Men and women of God, be encouraged of the grief and the pain that you are experiencing because of the wisdom that you have obtained. And you want to obtain it as soon as you can. So you can walk right and be upright and not fall over. To every whim and heretic doctrine that's out there. Because it's a lot of heresy. But when you're walking with God and studying and staying in his word and only wanting to please him. Then you have a made up mind. You're very focused. And the things that take other people over and keep them bound and confused and complaining and worrying and fearful, that won't be the case with you. Because you know God is in every detail. 
And if one door is closing, another one is opening. If one season is ending, another one is beginning. This is not the time, men and women of God, to be disillusioned. Because you found out a truth. You ought to be thanking God that you found out a truth. Why is that devastating? He brought you to a point where he knows that you're ready to receive it. Thank him for it. And if you look back over your life, there was a time when you responded a different way when some information was revealed to you. And hopefully you have made it to a point where you have progressed and you're able to handle when God speaks to you. You will be able to handle a yes from God, a no from God, and wait. It shouldn't be a problem. Because if God is saying no, he has a very good reason for saying no. If he says yes, he has a good reason for saying yes. And if he says wait, he has a good reason for saying that. He's the same God. He hasn't changed. And if you look over your life, you will see that you couldn't have made it if it had not been for him on your side. So if you have this relationship, you have these testimonies you know what you know you know he's the god of miracle signs and wonders then what's the problem with the season called now valleys exist in any season mountaintops exist in any season there will be rain and there will be no rain there will be wind and they will be no wind. There will be the sun. And then there will be the moon. It exists in all seasons. So God has a right to test our authenticity. If you are who you say you are in Christ. Well guess what? Maybe this is the time where God is showing you who you really are. And if you need to make some adjustments, then make the necessary adjustments so that you can get to the next level. There's always progressive sanctification. There's always a journey to be taking. But you've got to go down some streets in order to get to your destination. Don't get mad at the navigation that God is setting you on. He sets the compass. Go. You remember Abraham. God told Abraham when he was Abram to leave his home, get out of the land of Ur and go to the land that I'm telling you to go, which is Canaan. And and Abraham said, okay, well, how will I know that I'm there? Basically, God said, I'll let you know when you're there. See, if we're going to operate in faith, it's not something that we can see. If you can see it, it's basically not faith. It's that you believe that it's already happening. You hope that it's happening. And walk in that hope. See, I I can walk in the hope that once I leave this earth, that I will be with God. I have no illusions that I'm dying. Everybody dies. But I have the hope 
that I have eternal life and salvation because I've declared that I am a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's promised me some things. And I believe him. Period. I have no reason to doubt him. So I'm not afraid to go home. I'm passing through a place. This is not my home. And at any day and at any time, God can give me a different direction. He can give me a different assignment. You're going over here, daughter. You're doing this, daughter. You're not doing that anymore. And I'm open for it. Because in the conclusion of the matter, if it's God giving me the instruction, then Father, I'll go. Father, I'll do it. I want to please him. He's the lover of my soul. He's the one that made me a living soul. I'm grateful. And if I am who I say I am, then I should have no problem doing what God instructs me to do. A command is something that you execute. You can ask for the command to be repeated because you want clarity, but you don't argue with the commander. You execute the command. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is Jesus Christ. He is my commander. And I've served in the military. I've served as enlisted and I've served as an officer. And if I can take a man's command, I definitely can take the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords command. I can take the Alpha and the Omega's command because it begins with him and it ends with him. He's the author and finisher of my faith. I can take his command. That's where Solomon is. In the conclusion of the matter, he said it's all vanity. Vanity is pride. It's me, myself, and I. It's self. It's only self. And some of us have gotten to a point where we have no room for anything else. Nothing matters. It's all about self. It's all about the have and the have nots. <laughs> and I would like to, you know, say to you, who is the source of your blessing? From whom do all your blessings flow? It's not a problem for God to bless you. He owns it already. It's already his. What have you done to contribute to this? How are you even alive? How are you even breathing? How can you even do what you believe you think you can do without him? You know, I heard something. I was at a celebration of life on Friday. And the speaker said, if you believe it's about you, then hold your breath. Because you obviously don't need God to breathe. It was very profound. And I don't believe anybody 
held their breath because they knew that they were very limited in their ability to hold it. So a lot of us are holding on to things. We're holding on to possessions. We're holding on to assignments that we believe are ours forever. We're holding on to titles. We're holding on to whatever we feel that we deserve. Well, what is it that you want God to do for you? If you are all tied up in a pretzel, you're a knot and you just got to have all these things. What is it that you want God to do? Did you ever think that if you would let that go, that God has something better for you? Did you ever think that? But if you just got to have it, then it is what it is. You have to have it. But it's going to cost you everything to hold on to it. And that is the tragedy. Because you will miss your season again and again and again. Be open to the possibility that it's your season to put God to the test. But you got to be willing. To be humble and thankful that you have a new opportunity to see him reign and rule over your life. Because he knows every hair on your head. He knows the day and the hour that you entered into this realm and he knows the day and the hour that you will enter into the next realm. But we can't be so determined to have it our way all the time. And that we're willing to do anything to have our way. To deny God. To deny his plan and purpose for our lives. To deny that he stands for truth. That he is truth. That he is righteousness. And his motivation is not man's motivation. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He's not subject to time. 
See, he created time so that we would be able to have a sense of things, of his order. And to use it wisely. See, the word fool is associated with judgment. Because a fool hates obedience, is in constant rebellion. It's always folly for them. And folly does not honor God. You cannot honor him, nor can you be a true worshiper with folly and foolishness on your mind. Because it tells us in John 4.23 that we have to worship in spirit and in truth. It's not man's truth. It's not man's spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. That that is part of the Godhead. And the truth is God's truth. It's his word. And for you, men and women of God, that align yourself with things and want to take a hard line and just believe that what you're doing and what you're aligning yourself with is the end all and the be all. Well, I would encourage you to go to the genesis of it and see what was the motivation behind it when it came into existence. See, the word of God's motivation was that we would fellowship with our creator forever. He created us to have fellowship with him. No sickness. No lies. No evil. No pain. To be glorified with him. This motivation when we were created in his image, in his image. Can that be said about some of these pursuits of men and women? Did it have that in mind? Or was it only for a select few? Then if it was only for a select few, then the majority weren't even a consideration. Well, God made sure his only begotten son died for everyone whether they believed or not. How much more giving can that be? 
other than the purpose in the beginning was always about eternity. It never was an afterthought. It was a part of creation. And it did not matter that a man or a woman made a decision not to follow God in the garden. God's plan was still his plan. Seasons is what we've been talking about today. In the book of Ecclesiastes. It's okay that you're experiencing grief. If wisdom is what you're really seeking and desiring, it's important. Because you're going to the next level in your relationship. And with increasing revelatory knowledge, that of a divine source, Sorrow is the byproduct of it. It's all right. You're getting closer to God. You're getting closer to being a mirror of Christ. Go. Get that wisdom. We love you and God bless you. Save the lost at all costs. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit-filled, live-called-in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas Vegas' very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKVV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 3350. 5852 North Las Vegas 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 
833-5852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.